Welcome to The Kids Are All Right, the podcast that explores big global issues from a young and fresh perspective. In this episode, we'll hear from Niharika Bavsar, reporting from the U.S. state of Minnesota on how young women in the U.S. are mobilizing to protect the environment. In today's episode, we are going to delve into the different types of environmental advocacy in the U.S., and we'll hear from Swetha and Leah on how they first became aware about the climate movement at such young ages, how they joined the movement to fight for a more sustainable future for all, and then how they strive to impact many different people's lives. We will discuss the role of social media and the other ways to promote sustainable practices by reaching an audience. Swetha Srinivasan, a 17-year-old environmental activist from Florida in the United States, and also one of the founders for Girls for Science Environmental. Ever since elementary school, I have been environmentally cautious. So we were taught to use reusable containers for our food, use a reusable water bottle, and recycle. So these are the sustainable steps I implemented into my everyday life. Also, as I grew up, I became much more aware about the declining state of our environment, And therefore, when the idea for Girls for Science Environmental was proposed, I was all for it. So it is so important to bring awareness to the current state of our environment and teach people small steps they can take to lead a more sustainable lifestyle. Since you have started advocating for the environment and um, since you have founded Girls for Science, what types of changes were you able to accomplish? So currently for environmental, we're working on just spreading awareness and small steps that people can take um, in their in their everyday lives uh, to help out the environment. How have you been able to do that? Have Or what have you been um, suggesting for young girls to do? Yeah, so we have been advocating on um, social media. So we've had environmental for... Um, a, f- a year or two now, and our new team member, now director of this account, Anisha Naik, got in touch with us and told us about this idea she had for this account. And we're focusing on posting articles about helpful tips relating to how people can help the environment and more. And we find Instagram is a great place to promote our activism um, of the amount of people we can reach. And young people truly have the ability to change the world. Um, so would you say that social media has played a big role in you reaching out to um, uh, other other people around the world, around um, the nation, and getting people involved. Definitely. Social media has played a, a massive role. We were able to get in touch with other climate activists and environmental activists so they could t- talk about their story and how they help to promote um, environmental activism as well. Got it. So um, do you, would you say that the... Um, climate strikes are more important than the um, advocacy that has been happening online through social media and whatnot? Or do you think that there needs to be a mix of both? Or what's your take on that? I honestly think both are very important. Locally, climate strikes, you can spread awareness to your local community, but online you can have a greater outreach. But both are honestly very important in my opinion. And in terms of you reaching out to youth especially, um, how do you think that these uh, many of the youth-led groups um, involved in climate activism have been able to gain more attention? Um, and how do you think that, or what hopes do you have for your organization to gain more attention and um, achieve more p- 
positive change. Yeah, so there's a lot of different organizations that advocate for environmental activism, such as the Fridays for Future and the Climate Strike. So I think, honestly, just bringing more awareness and helping each other out um, and spreading awareness is the best way to go for this. And do you think that uh, when you have been reaching out to your audience base, have um, has it most commonly been young girls or have you gotten, um, you know, a mix of boys or different people who are maybe older, um, so different age groups and whatnot, or have you primarily been focusing on uh, getting more um, young girls involved in science and environmental activism and all that? Yeah, so a lot of our audience are younger girls around um, my age or younger Um, And we're trying to get them more interested into this activism and show them that they can play such an important role in bringing awareness to this problem. Definitely. Um, And how how do you think the climate movement has empowered young female activists? So it has empowered young female activists because it allows for us to have a voice and fight for something that we are also passionate about. This isn't a problem our world is facing. So as female activists, um, we are empowered to do something about it and create this positive change. We have a pretty wide audience and they're all inspired to create change. And um, I think we're doing a pretty good job with um, reaching out to a wide audience and making them aware about this problem. Definitely, Um, that makes so much sense. Um, And in terms, so when you talk about um, gaining attention and um, being able to reach out to your audience, do you think that a lot of the change is coming from um, reaching out to, you know, legislators and and trying to um, advocate for Um, policy changes? So for instance, with the strikes that you mentioned, or do you think that more of the changes come from social media and connecting with fellow youth? I think it's so important to do both to advocate on a legislative level and to also um, make changes just in your daily life. So with Girls for Science and Environmental, we are just currently focusing on how to make changes in your daily life to create a more sustainable future for yourself and for the environment as well. Uh, But I definitely think that advocating at a legislative level is so important as well. So we could face or we could like tackle these larger problems at hand as well. Definitely. Um, And I think uh, finally, one of my last questions um, would be what hopes do you have for the future? And what hopes do you have for Girls for Science um, as an organization and um, for the whole climate movement? Definitely. So I really hope that we can come together as a society to create a much more sustainable and better future for us. Uh, As we can see with this pandemic going on, um, our world has gotten a lot better, but this is temporary. We need to do something to create a better environment for um, the rest of our lives. And with Girls for Science, we really hope to reach a wider audience and spread this message that people can take steps to create a better uh, 
environment for themselves and to lead a more sustainable life. We'll also be joined by Leah Harrell, a 19-year-old climate activist from Minnesota. She is currently working as a student analyst at the Roberts Environmental Center at Claremont McKenna College. She has also previously worked with the Minnesota Can't Wait campaign, in which she pushed for a just transition to a sustainable statewide economy. My story is not really a traditional story. I got into the movement quite late compared to some of my fellow activists. Um, my sophomore year of high school, I, on a whim, signed up to be part of my school's Earth Club. And, you know, I came in thinking we would talk about picking up trash and saving the polar bears. But the more I went to this club and the more I heard these conversations going on about what it means to be impacted by climate change, like very much in my own community and not just far away in the Arctic. Um, it really kind of allowed me to recognize how interconnected and how pervasive the issue of climate change is for so many other issues. Um, and really the, the thing that pushed me 100% into this movement was actually the people and seeing all these young people inspired to take action and, you know, take hold of a future that they want and make it something that's not um, what's currently on the horizon. And I just was so inspired and I thought I wanted to be a part of this change and I wanted to help bring about a better future. I guess uh, I'm also wondering then, um, what types of changes do you think you were able to accomplish? They can either be the smaller changes or much larger changes on a national scale. Um, uh, in all of the movements you have been a part of in all of the um, organizations? Yeah, so I think there's kind of two aspects to that. I think one is, first of all, raising awareness and really voicing the, our concern of our generation. Um, but the second part that I really always try to strive for as much as I can is to be a part of finding those solutions and to, you know, be at City Hall and help our uh, city staff create a, um, a plan to get our city to carbon neutrality by a certain date. And, you know, at the off at the Minnesota state legislature, being a part of writing a bill and presenting it and, you know, doing these steps and not just calling for action, but being a part of the action. For sure. Um, that's, that's really amazing. Um, and what were the, uh, what were the primary um, platforms that you have been promoting climate action on? Have they been on primarily on social media, um, through websites? Uh, what are, where are some of the places that you've been promoting climate action? So I personally am not the best at social media, um, but I do think I can contribute to the movement through my writing and through my speeches. So the ways that I've predominantly been involved was um, in media interviews and writing op-eds and helping to organize events and, um, you know, kind of being a voice rather than um, doing things virtually. 
that's a very, uh, I think, important um, piece of advice that you can uh, give. And would you say that when you have been really just having these personal um, connections and interactions with people and discussing, you know, these very real problems that are affecting um, everyone, especially youth, do you think that you have been able to um, change, uh, I guess, different, you know, behaviors in terms of um, making sure that um, we are becoming more environmentally aware in, you know, our everyday actions, for instance, recycling more, composting perhaps? Um, what impacts do you think your um, uh, reaching out to people ha has had? I think the biggest thing that for me and probably for many other young activists as well is just getting adults and the people who have the power to make decisions to think ahead and have that foresight and understand what are the consequences of their actions today on my life you know, 10 years down the line. And so bringing in that aspect of like, I'm asking you to think beyond just yourself. And I'm asking you to, to think about the next generations and what you do. I think that kind of like moral responsibility really um, is something that will motivate people to recognize, like I, you know, there are economic incentives, there are so many other incentives to do it, but from a moral incentive, and from this like obligation to do good for the world, I think that actually really does have a powerful impact and is starting to to draw a lot of um, change. Money is a good way to get people to listen, but when that stops being effective in conversations, then um, it's always it, go, it always goes back to the next generations. Like, how do you want your grand your grandkids to? look back at what you did and your impact and how, how do you want to be remembered and what do you want your generation to be responsible for? You know, responsible for creating a terrible planet and corrupting the future or responsible for being the last generation to really have the power to stop it and actually doing something about it. Right, for sure. Um, that is so telling. And um, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense too, to um, put things in perspective in that way. Um, and so in terms of when, um, you are trying to reach people who, um, have, you know, have to have that perspective shift and think about future generations and what, um, uh, the environment means for them. Um, do you think that there has been, there, there have been, um, there's been a lot of success in many different environmental movements in um, achieving that type of change that we are hoping for, or do you, would you say that there still needs to be a lot more done? I think there does need to be a lot more done. There always needs to be more done, but I do think that the narrative of the climate movement in the past few years has so radically changed from, you know, not too long ago, it was about the facts and the figures and the statistics and now it is more about storytelling and the fact that it's it's people behind the issues and not the numbers. Um, and I think people are recognizing that it really is, you know, the people at stake that has been motivating a lot of people and it is driving change. Um, and I think it's really shifted how politicians are looking at their role. And do you think that um, there's any particular reason for why youth 
globally are actually um, rising up and fighting for their lives and fighting for um, environmental advocacy um, now in a time arguably more than um, has been it has been done before. Uh, do you think that there's any reason for that? Has has it been easier to um, unite for for uh, many people around the world? Definitely. I think social media and just the globalization of every sort of idea has has had the ability to spread this movement like wildfire. Um, and I think, I mean, we've looked at the past movements that have been successful, you know, the civil rights movement, um, the gun reform movement, and all of these have been drawing young people and saying, hey, you know, past generations of young people have done this, we can do this too. But I think what you said, like we're fighting for our lives, that has really been the catalyst. And the fact that people, young people are recognizing this fight is not just about, you know, myself. It's about all of us. It's about life or death really at the end of the day. And, you know, it is a big weight, but the fact that so many people are a part of it now means that there is hope, there is support, there is the possibility that we're gonna fight for our lives in this and we are going to win. Thanks so much for joining us. On this episode, we learned from environmental youth advocates Leah Harrell and Swetha Srinivasan on their journeys in becoming climate activists, not only being involved, but also to being active in tackling one of our world's greatest threats, the climate crisis. You've been listening to an episode of The Kids Are Alright, produced by Podium.me and News Decoder. The reporting for this episode was done by Niharika Bavsar of The Blake School and edited together by Molly Davidson of Podium.me.